0: buddy, welcome back to looking for the real god. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to be talking about the difference between gossip and truth telling and why abusive leaders want to keep those differences smudged. Okay, so the point of this episode, I'm just going to say this very first, is not to destroy any specific church or leader or anything like that, but simply because I think there is not enough awareness, and I truly believe that too much has been overlooked that really should have come out in churches across the board, across the spectrum of Christianity. And so the point is simply to... Go ahead and encourage all of you to be truth tellers and not to be afraid of being labeled a gossip. Which brings me to my opening questions Have you ever been labeled a gossip or told that you were gossiping because you were trying to tell the truth? What do you think it is that makes gossip gossip? And how do people in power, specifically people who are not exactly above the books in power, Use the threat or accusation of gossip to avoid accountability and keep truth from coming out. So in my Substack newsletter this morning, I kind of connected some dots between Gothard, who was the leader in the cult that was just exposed by Amazon Prime's new documentary called Shiny Happy People, and Evangelical Christianity. There is an unfortunate ton of crossover between Gothard and Regular old churches because so many people in the 70s, 80s, and even 90s went to his basic seminar. The Institute estimates that over 2 million people have attended the seminar. And I don't think that is a small number. I think that is probably accurate, if not maybe more people. Like it was a big deal back in the day and still to some extent has been influential among certain groups of people, even up until just like right now, people are still being influenced by the Institute and Basic Life Principles, which I truly believe is a cult. It is not actually Christianity. And even though they use Christian phrases and they use Bible verses to try to back up their points, it has nothing to do with the real God, in my opinion, having grown up in it for a decade in the 90s and early 2000s. So that's kind of where I'm starting today from that place of really thinking there is a lot of crossover between Gothard and evangelical Christianity. And we're just going to kind of explore some of those places the crossover has occurred. And I think that one of the things that we see within normal everyday churches, and I have seen this multiple times, unfortunately, over the years, is Gothard's idea of authority, obedience, and gossip. And I'm wondering how much of this has to do with the things that we are now experiencing within evangelical christianity and how much of it is just because we tend to be broken people who follow the same broken cycles and so is it really that gothard is so influential i mean he is influential but is all this has to do with gothard or is it really about our own natural brokenness so gothard was really big on authority which if you look at his definitions and you look at what it really meant in reality It was more power. He was really into power and he was into obedience, which really was more of an oppression and suppression of people. There was this hierarchy. He was at the top because he was hearing directly from God and then husbands or fathers and then wives and then children, and there was this hierarchy. Men and women were not at all on the same footing at all. There's also a lot of evidence that he was messing around with girls throughout his entire ministry. If you look at recoveringgrace.org, they have all the documentation, they have interviews from people back in the 70s when Gothard first started his first organization, which then conveniently collapsed and he rebuilt a brand new organization and we have the Institute of Basic Life Principles. And so there was just a lot that he was trying to cover up. And so we have this power structure, we have a hierarchy of power, we have huge teachings on just Blind obedience, not just to your authority's wishes, but to their unspoken wishes, kind of creepy, Uh, really creepy, actually. And then you have this whole idea of don't gossip, don't slander, don't say anything bad about anybody ever, especially not your authority. But he went and went even farther than that with a teaching that was all about the dangers of listening to a bad report creepy stuff guys not only could people not gossip and not talk badly about anybody but specifically him and those in power it was actually dangerous to listen to a bad report so if anybody had anything negative to say about somebody else that was a dangerous thing to listen to and so he was able to keep himself completely insulated and completely safe to do whatever the heck he wanted to do at the top of his organization at the top of his authority power structure that he had created. So that's a problem within his cult. However, guys, there is so much of this going on within regular old mainstream churches, Christian organizations, and stuff like this. We end up with a power-hungry leader at the top who conveniently insulates and isolates themselves from accountability by putting yes people around them and then systematically cuts off anybody who tries to expose or tell the truth about who they are. I hate that there is so much of this out here, but there is so much of this out there. A few people who have been telling their story more recently would be Beth, Allison Barr, KJ Ramsey. They both have stories where somebody in power didn't appreciate them and the fact that they were asking questions and just kicked them out of the church. But for every one of those public stories that goes out there, guys, There are hundreds of stories that have been not told hundreds of stories that have been kept quiet through ndas threats of a loss of severance and accusations of gossip so here's the question when is gossip actually gossip and when is it truth-telling because we are so afraid of being in sin many of us christians We don't want to be sinners. We want to be good people. And so we really don't want to be considered a gossip. But what is a gossip? So I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about what actual gossip is. I really think that gossip is true gossip based on our motivation. Gossip is not just always telling the truth about something bad. Like just because you're talking about something bad that's happened or something bad that somebody's done does not make that gossip. I really think that gossip is talking about others and their problems or perceived issues with the motivation of making yourself feel better, the motivation of being entertained or entertaining others, or just to make them look bad. So you have a motivation behind gossip. The people that you're talking to are not a part of the problem or the solution. So I think that is a huge differentiating factor when you think about gossip, because I've been accused of gossip before and sometimes it really was gossip. And sometimes it was me trying to figure out what the heck I was supposed to do about a situation that had me completely stumped, felt dangerous, unsafe, unethical. And I was talking to people who are part of the problem and people who were trying to figure out what they were supposed to do. And that came out that I was gossiping. Other times, I was just trying to tell the truth about a situation that felt really dangerous to me, unsafe, unwise, that kind of stuff, and it came out as gossip because I was threatening people that were in power. So that's the thing. Is what you're saying really gossip? Is it gossip to talk about something that is wrong, that is abusive, that is dangerous, that is sinful, that's unethical? No, I don't think so. And I think that as believers, we really need to redefine what it means to gossip. And I think a lot more of us need to start telling the truth because there is truth out there in so many churches that desperately needs to come out. For every pastor who is outed, I think of James McDonald just recently in the last few years, who was outed as being an abusive person who was just a person that was in power, that was horrible to people that were under them, that said horrible things to people, that was just full of himself and just an awful person. There's people like that in churches right now that are just getting by. People are letting them go do their thing. We're afraid to confront them. We're afraid to mess up the church, to mess up the name of Jesus, whatever it is we're afraid of. And so we are allowing sin and abuse and unethical situations to continue within our churches, power that's unchecked because we are afraid of gossip or we're afraid about what's going to happen if someone hears that we're saying something about the situation. And we've allowed people that are in power to really silence us through the things that they say. And guys, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. And I think it's time for us to stand up and say, no, the church isn't run by a few people who love power and fame and celebrity. The church isn't run by people who are trying to be abusive leaders who just want to have the last say of everything. The church is the people of Jesus. Like We are the church, and we get to decide who's in charge. And Jesus should be the one that's in charge and not some person who loves power and authority. Guys, the rate of narcissism among pastors is exponentially higher than in the general population. There are studies that you can look into that show Potential, like 40% of people in the pastorate are on the narcissistic spectrum. Chuck DeGroat wrote an excellent book called When Narcissism Comes to Church. Fantastic. As you look into what does it look like to be under a narcissistic leader? What does it look like to be in a narcissistic system? And just the dangers and abuse that happens within those kinds of systems and under those kinds of people. Like this is not something that you're just imagining. Like this is reality. People in power in churches are unhealthy, many of them. They're seeking a place of power because of their unhealth. My therapist a few years back was talking about seminary, and she just honestly told me, Christy, most people don't go to seminary because they want to shepherd. They go because they like to talk. They like leadership. They like power. Someone told them, you're a good orator. You should go be a pastor. It's not because they're there because they want to take care of sheep. Guys, We have people in power in our churches who are wolves in sheep's clothing and we're letting them be there and we're letting them harm the sheep and that is not okay. And so I think that we need to be brave and be willing to tell the truth. So what does that look like? I look at scripture and I think often people use scripture to try to keep us silent. There is a verse in Ephesians 5 and it talks about it's shameful to even speak of the things that are done in secret. And people use that verse to try to keep us quiet. But what they miss is that Ephesians 5.11 says something completely different. Ephesians 5.11, this is the net translation, says, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And then it does say the things they do in secret are shameful even to mention. But then it talks about all things being exposed by the light, and things that are exposed are made visible. Guys, it's our job to expose truth, not to keep it quiet, not to protect the name of God, not to protect your church, not to protect your pastor, not to protect anything. It is our job to expose truth, to expose the things that are wrong. We're supposed to expose them. So what does that look like? In scripture, from the very back in the beginning of the Bible and the Old Testament, we have recorded places where prophets came and they confronted people. And we have people's sin recorded in the Bible. We have their bad decisions recorded in the Bible for us to read, to learn from. Truth was exposed. John the Baptist, he called the Pharisees a brood of vipers. And that was recorded for us. Jesus interacted with the Pharisees in ways that were pretty strict and pretty harsh and pretty um, truthful. And that was recorded for us. Paul called out false teachers by name. And that was recorded for us. Do you see my theme here? Like talking about things that are evil, that are bad, that are wrong, is not wrong. It's good. It's good to expose the deeds of darkness. Not to keep them quiet. Not to keep them hushed up. Not because we're afraid of being a gossip. We are exposing. We are being truth tellers. Matthew 18. This was an infamous passage in IBLP, Bill Gothard's Institute because he used this to kind of stop us from telling the truth, and he twisted it, and he made it seem like you couldn't actually tell anything that was true unless you followed these steps. I mean, it was a whole thing. But if you look at it, it's very clear. If someone is sin, you go and talk to them about it. And if they won't listen to you, if they're telling you that you're wrong, if they're verbally abusing you, you bring someone with you. What does that mean? In a church, it could mean the board. It could mean elders. You're bringing people with you and you're saying, this is what's going on and this is wrong. And if they still won't listen to you and even the board won't listen to you, it says, tell it to the church. Jesus uses the word church in Matthew 18. He hasn't even died and rose again yet. The Holy Spirit hasn't even come and he uses the word church, the congregation. You tell it to the congregation. We expose truth. Guys, I have to wonder that if the members of the church took ownership If we stood for truth, if we stopped being able to be so controlled and manipulated by people that were in power, if we stopped being afraid of telling truth, if we stopped being afraid of harming the name of Christ, that's complete garbage. Do you think God's name is harmed more when people find out that we've covered up abuse? Yes, way more. And if we said no and we told the truth in love, I have to wonder if so many people who are already narcissistic would think it was a great idea to come be a pastor in a church. Maybe they wouldn't. And maybe the broken and abused people would feel safe. And maybe Jesus would actually be glorified and honored. And so this is my challenge to you guys. I know many of you who are listening, you have painful stories of things that happened to you in church. And maybe it's time to tell those stories. Do it with love without gossip, with the right motivation, but find someone to tell and tell that truth. And don't let these people who are abusing their power and their position continue to stay in power with their position. Speak the truth in love so that the real Jesus can receive the glory and the honor that he can find and rescue and heal the people who are broken like he wants to do. Look at the way he dealt with the Pharisees. Maybe it's time for us to follow his example. Curious to hear your thoughts about this one, guys. I know it's quite a bit of uh, intensity here, but thanks for listening. And until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love to have you join me over on my substack at christylinwood.substack.com for newsletters, notes, and a community of people who are searching for the real God.